And yeah, and it's it's J it's Jameson off the side through the crease. Uh, oh, gets a little bit of a stick off of it. And He's gonna go all the <laughs> that's way. That's not nope. That's not a hockey thing. Toss him the rock. That's not nope. It's a it is a puck. It was going around for it. Takes the shot. Oh, got a piece off of it, and now it's in possession for somebody a player a name that i can't think of he has no name they call him the hockey player with no name and now he's terrell owens big lt <laughs> versus bam bam bigelow going down but what's this an unknown player has grabbed the puck no, they don't that's that's not allowed they they're not allowed to touch it with their hands they're taking it down the field. <laughs> it it, and it is ice, and oh, then that's going to be icing. That's an icing call on the other team. And a big alley-oop. <laughs> and he gives him a ram-a-lam-a-ding-dong, and he's done it. Can someone, can someone get them out of my booth, please? They've won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Who? What is the name of this heroic individual to have won the Stanley Cup? Oh, oh, if, I, if I look back at that jersey, it's... It's, it's fun fiction. My God! Get, get the, get the fuck out of my sound booth now. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to Fun Fiction, the show where two idiots ruin that thing you like, and I'm also big orange and stare into your bedroom at night, Scotty Moore. And I'm a proponent of liberty, equality, and gritty. I'm Megan Danger. Oh, God, that's the worst. <laughs> so, so gritty, huh? Gritty. That was your, that was, you said, I'm going away for two weeks into the woods. I'll have plenty of time to think. Let's do gritty. I'm going to, I'm going to stare at the majesty of our natural earth. And the whole time I'm going to be thinking about gritty. You just stare into the darkness. What stares back? Gritty. Uh, it's like that, that, I think it's a Charlie XCX song. I was busy thinking about Gritty. <laughs> Gritty. <laughs> Gritty. Um, so I guess it begins with hockey. I know. Here's the thing. I pretended to like hockey for a while because one of my best friends loved hockey because he's one of those crust punks that are like, this one got fighting in it. And I'm like, yeah, but I watch wrestling, so I've already got it. So I pretended to like hockey and my team was the Blackhawks and I do have a Blackhawks jersey. I do. My favorite my favorite wrestler is a, a Blackhawks fan, so I had to. You fucking scrub. <laughs> is that a is that a beginner favorite hockey no, team? They, no, just fuck them. Oh no. Fuck the Blackhawks. <laughs> I don't I don't know how many people I'm gonna say. I don't know who how many people I'm gonna upset with my hockey takes is I'm a big hockey fan. <laughs> yeah. Team of choice. Um well, that's where it gets interesting. So hockey is one of the few sports that I actually really enjoy be because there is fighting and because uh, as an ADHD haver, it's a sport where there's always something happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because a lot of sports are very boring. Like, Well, soccer is pretty constantly going. Ain't soccer it? is pretty constantly going, but like the camera is very wide and um, – it's like watching Warcraft. Kind, yeah, yeah, that's a good. And and also like 
they fall over a lot. <laughs> yeah. And they go, Ooh. They're a bunch of clumsy boys. Yeah. Like the one time very recently that like an actual like injury happened in soccer, it was just because a man's heart did stop just on its own. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He did. The, he did very much almost die on the field, but it was unrelated to the soccer. Uh, he did such good soccer, his heart stopped. But yeah, so I, hockey's just like a lot of fun for for, for me. It's, it's like I said, it's one of the few sports that I just actively enjoy. So uh, as someone coming from Florida, unfortunately, my team was the Florida Panthers. Oh, no. <laughs> and they, su- no. they suck real bad, but I do love them. They are my sons. They are my terrible children. The, the Tampa <laughs> Bay Lightning can go to hell. Uh and uh, now my team is the Colorado Avalanche, who are much, much better and also have a better jersey, but they're still not good enough. <laughs> Dang it. I tried to put a. I thought your team was Vegas for some reason. So Don't I think I put a. Don't you dare slander me like that. <laughs> Vegas are a bunch of. They're, they're a bunch of fucking goons. Also, they're a very recent expansion team. And yeah. uh, are you aware of how expansion teams work? Oh, dang, this team's getting too big. Split it up into two other teams. Is that right at all? No. Okay, then I don't know how it works. Uh, Expansion team is like, I guess this city deserves a a sports team. Sure, you've earned it, champ. Um, And so what it works is like, well, we, we can't just make one whole cloth. Hey, all you other teams. Give us your yeah. give us your boys. <laughs> uh, Let us acquire your children, please. And I am forever scarred because we had just acquired like we, this this we, we got Riley Smith and he was new. He was a new baby. He was up and coming. He was going to be very good. And then Vegas was like, "Oh, that him? That ours? Our cough him up." Like, there are very few players who, like, under whatever fucking rules are like, no, no, the, you, you can't. Ours. Yeah. Under contract. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing about expansion teams and stuff is they could just be like, no, no, that belongs to us now. And I'm very nervous because Seattle is, is getting a, a new team called the Kraken. And so, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they're going to be able to be like, Give us your boys. See, I don't know. I kind of like this uh, misfit toys from different places all getting thrown together. It's got like an inspirational movie vibe. But they get to pick the good boys. They don't get oh, to pick the never mind. boys. <laughs> it needs to be the opposite. You need to hire a good, good coach a la the Mighty Ducks and take all of the worst players of all of the teams, put them onto one team and see if a good coach could turn them around. And it was kind of like that because we'd that the Panthers had had a really good coach. It was Gerard Gallant, who was this French Canadian man who made a lot of very good faces. And yeah. he took us really far. We had a really good season under him. And then uh, we fucked him. We fucked him real bad. We fired him. Oh, no. And then we were just like, hey, oh, by the way, we're not even like taking you back home. Like, take a cab which was such a fucking dick move. Holy shit. Yeah, it was awful because he was great for us. And yeah, no. So then Vegas was like, hey, Gerard, you doing anything? 
Yeah. And he, he took them. They didn't get a, they didn't get a cup, but they came real close. So he had a fucking great season with them. So that was kind of like that. <laughs> See, I uh, the only like other st- hockey shit I now know is from researching my fan fiction. And what I learned is that Pennsylvania fucking hates itself because I was just like, OK, who's the Phillies rivals? Pittsburgh. You couldn't go out of state for this one, huh? And then oh, I think the, fuck the penguins. Oh, oh, there's a good reference to it in mind. But we're not here to talk about general hockey. I could talk about general hockey for so long. Name a team and I'll tell you whether or not you should fuck fuck the penguins. Fuck uh fuck Connor McDavid. Fuck uh <laughs> fuck the Blackhawks. Fuck no. the Blackhawks. Yeah, fuck Patrick Kane. <laughs> We're here to talk about a boy who entered our lives in about 2018 when Philadelphia made a big old silly mistake. (laughs) When Philadelphia just found him in the ground. (laughs) Do you know that's the story is apparently their ice rink they built. They were like, well, when we built it. We awoke something from underneath the earth. I had to I had to research my fan fiction too, so yes. Yeah, that's what Gritty is. He's a monster from the deep that they awoke. He's an old one that was awoken by the creation of an of a hockey rink. Well, that's why Gritty is interesting. Like like all like mascots are fucking weird. Mascots are extremely weird. Uh yeah. Just in, out of any sports. Like Stanford, uh, uh, the, yeah, we're going to a different sport now, but like Stanford has a mascot that's just a tree with a nightmare mouth. The my favorite one is the Rhode Island School of Design, which is a bunch of arty kids who are fucking nerds. They're like, we need a mascot. What's our mascot? And then they gave it to a bunch of nerdy teenagers to decide. Uh, so it is a giant dick named Scrody <laughs> that just kind of rambles around. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, But yeah, like just professional sports mascots also, they're they're all just kind of weird. There's one just called like Big Red, I think. And yeah, I saw him earlier. Yeah, Sports Sports Center used to have an ad uh, of big and and, uh, now like we we stand we stand a non-binary mascot uh, because the ad was just Big Red standing in front of the rest of the men and women's restroom like looking back and forth being like oh no what do i do (laughs) (laughs) come out of the closet big red we're all here for you we all support you support you you, big red uh so yeah mascots be fucking weird and yes in a sea sea of weird mascots (laughs) gritty is still the stands out Because, like, at least with other masks, I guess the only other, uh, like, exception I could really think of is, ironically enough, also Philadelphia and the Fanatic. Every other, like, mascot is usually a something. This is our yellow jacket. This is our dragon. This is our this. With Gritty, it's like, that's fucking Gritty. We don't know what it is. Fuck you. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is our the the Avs have a bulldog. The Stan, the, the the Florida Panthers. It's Stanley C. Panther. You know they they are all things. Gritty is a gritty. What is a gritty? We're here to find out in our five part special. It's the orange thing with murder in its eyes. 
Yeah, and my favorite is the fact that, like, somehow Philly turned it around because at first everyone's like, this thing fucking sucks because Gritty fucking sucks, they, but I love him. They hated it so much, and then Gritty took that energy and was just like, I hate you too. Not here's an article written just like a month or two after Gritty came came out. Nine ridiculous things Gritty, the new insane mascot of the Flyers, has already done. Getting political. He loves the kiddos. <laughs> it is just Gritty playing with children at Adventure Aqua. He doesn't like sharks. He has a big ass from when he did the Kim Kardashian photo shoot. That's another thing that mascots generally don't do. The Kim Kim Kardashian ass photo shoot parody. (laughs) (laughs) He was the mascot of the Internet. And but what I'm saying is like the fact that he does such bullshit, ridiculous stuff is what led Philly to be like, you know what? This represents Philadelphia. Nothing else could represent Philadelphia more than an angry orange monster that threatens to eat penguins. Oh, and and it also just cold punched a child. Oh, he did stone cold clock a child, which uh, there that case has been dropped. It was never proven that Gritty punched a child, but I do like to think Gritty punched a child and then paid off a jury. I have a feeling Gritty punched a child. I'm just (laughs) Gritty definitely punched that fucking kid. I'm trying to see. Apparently, he did legitimately, yeah, threaten the mascot of the penguins with bodily harm. Gritty's threatened a few people with bodily arms. In his second appearance on ice, he body-checked contestants in a goalie race and shot a Flyers staff member with a t-shirt gun. Gritty can't be controlled. This is the most buckwild thing on his Wikipedia, which is in 2020, Gritty was reappropriated as an icon of the leftists. Yes, this is my favorite thing. That's where that that's where my opener came from, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia City Council member Helen Jim described the Trump versus Gritty phenomenon as one orange horror has been met with another. The phrase the Trump versus Gritty phenomenon sure is something. (laughs) (laughs) When Philadelphia played an important role in determining the 2020 presidential election, social media users depicted Gritty as the city itself personified beating up outgoing incumbent Donald Trump. (laughs) There were pictures of Gritty as, um, what's it? The the lady what made the flag, I think. What? Go to Google. Go to Google. Do it. Oh, gritty flag woman. Sure. Start there. (laughs) I don't think gritty flag woman's going to get me anything. Actually, it did. Uh, it's It was a full article in City Life for Philadelphia, and it's Gritty pays tribute to seven iconic Philadelphians as only Gritty can. Love it. It's Gritty as Rocky. It's Gritty as the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Gritty as Questlove, which is very horrifying to see. <laughs> Gritty and the Fanatic is hauling oats. Oh, that's good. Grit- 
Gritty as Betsy Ross, That's and then Gritty, Gritty uh, as uh, Tina Fey, which is very adorable. Man, what the fuck is <laughs> Gritty? <laughs> but what was great about the political thing was you had these like articles and stuff on social media also of people having to explain Gritty to people who were outside the U.S. Yeah. It's like the time I had to describe what a uh, McMuffin was to a group of Englanders who came over. Because, like, mascots are a thing outside of the U.S., absolutely. Yeah. Not this kind, though. (laughs) Not this. I'm just reading Gritty's tweets at this point. Should we just tweet Gritty? Hey, bud, (laughs) we're doing an episode on you. Anything you want to (laughs) say? Gritty, 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 gritty. Well, see, this thing doesn't say gritty, 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 gritty. Did you see the last, the the recent one where it was uh, someone being like, hey, gritty, like tweet at me to tweet at my girlfriend to help me get my girlfriend back. And gritty was like, I don't know if you should get back to this dude. He seems sketchy. (laughs) Hey, at Gritty, we're doing a podcast on you. Any important information you want to release? I don't think he's going to tweet back at us in time. No, it'll be fine. It's We've only got, like, what, 40 minutes? Yeah, Gritty will be fine. <laughs> uh, should we just get into fan fiction? Because I'm scared. Because we both went to a, a dark place, Megan. That's the other reason I don't think Gritty's going to want to be involved with whatever we're about to do. <laughs> hey, Gritty, we made a podcast about you. Uh... <laughs> I have a feeling you kill would... your dad. It's a Hades reference, Gritty. <laughs> now, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. How do you want to play this have... out? Yeah. Do you have a preference? I mean, is they're both going to be funny, but they're also going to be real dark. I don't know. <laughs> this is weird because we never both are like on our A game, but somehow Gritty got us there. I know. Like Gritty made us both try. There's, a, <laughs> like, there's that one. I was like, yeah, I just kind of fucked with that. I fucked around on this one. <laughs> um, let's let's let you main event because I know you put a lot of work into yours and I um, wrote mine while an edible was kicking in. So oh, nice. Yeah, so it goes places, and I told you earlier, um, it did get dark after a while because Scotty Brain was like, let's make this good, Uh, but it did start off blatantly parodying another author's work, but it shouldn't be hard for you to figure out who that author is. I'm very curious. We were somewhere around Pittsburgh, on the edge of the desert. When the drugs began to take hold, I remember <laughs> saying something like, I feel a bit lightheaded. Maybe you should drive. And suddenly there was a terrible roar all around us. And the road was suddenly iced over and our transportation had suddenly transformed into a large Zamboni, which was traveling down the roadways to Vegas. Suddenly I saw them all emerging from the horizon behind us. Penguins. Thousands of the bastards with ice skates strapped to their feet, making a beeline for our vehicle, and a voice screaming, Holy Jesus, what are these goddamn animals? Then it was quiet again. My associate, the Philly fanatic, had taken his head off and began pouring beer down the neck hole into a funnel which led to his mouth. Poor bastard had resorted to MacGyvering his alcoholism. 
What the hell are you yelling about? He muttered, his voice muffled behind pounds of fur and the old smell of tobacco smoke. Never mind, I said. It's your turn to drive. I hit the brakes and aimed the Zamboni towards the shoulder of the highway. No point mentioning these penguins, I thought. Poor bastard will see him soon enough. The trunk of the car looked like a mobile police narcotics lab. We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of masculine, five sheets of high-powered blotter acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, and a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, and also a quart of tequila, a quart of rum, a case of Budweiser, a pint of raw ether, and two dozen amos. All this had been rounded up the night before in a frenzy of high-speed driving all over Philadelphia, including the ever-dangerous West Philadelphia. We picked up everything we could get our hands on not that we needed all that for the trip but once you get locked into a serious drug collection the tendency is to push it as far as you can this is gritty by the way narrating it's gritty the only thing that really worried me was the ether there's nothing in the world more helpless and irresponsible and depraved than a man in a mascot suit in the depths of an ether binge and i knew we'd get into that rotten stuff pretty soon on a trip like this one, on a trip like this one, you must be con- careful with gas consumption. Avoid those quick bursts of acceleration that drag blood and back into the back of the brain. The fanatic saw the hitchhiker long before I did. Let's give this boy a lift, he said. And before I could mount any argument, he stopped and this poor oaky kid was running up to the car with a big grin on his face saying, Hot damn, I never rode with the fanatic before. Is that right? I said. Well, I guess you're about ready, eh? The kid nodded eagerly as we roared off. I'm your friend. We're not like the others. The fanatic yelled at the boy while beer droplets sprayed around the car from his decapitated neck. Oh, Christ, he's gone around the bend. No more of that talk, I said sharply, or I'll send the pirates after you. He grinned, seeming to understand. Luckily, the noise in the car was so awful between the vuvuzelas in the radio and the fanatic's horn that the kid in the back seat couldn't hear a word we were saying. Or could he? How long could we maintain, I wondered. How long before one of us starts raving and jabbering at this boy? What do we think then? Maybe I'd better have a chat with this boy, I thought. Perhaps if I explain things, he'll rest easy. Of course. I leaned around in the seat and gave him a big, fine smile, admiring the shape of his skull. By the way, I said, there's one thing you should probably understand. He stared at me, not blinking. Could he feel the penguins inching closer and closer? Can you hear me? I yelled. I, Can you hear me? I yelled. He nodded. That's good, I said. Because I want you to know that we're on our way to Las Vegas to prove ourselves as the greatest mascots of all time at our annual convention. I smiled. That's why we rented this car. It was the only way to do it. Can you grasp that? He nodded again, but his eyes were nervous. I want you to have all the background, I said. My entire career I've been looked at as the joke mascot, as a parody of what true mascots truly are. Truth is, I consider myself to be the next evolution of the damn things. Eventually, people will pay money to see me box Floyd Mayweather in the center of the ring. I'm gonna make history. I opened my eyes and realized that somehow, somewhere in the middle of my rant, we'd arrived in Vegas. My eyes were on a lonely bartender, the kind of woman that would throw a drink in your face before taking you home to her one-bedroom apartment and begging you not to wake her kids. A quick survey of my surroundings put me in Caesar's palace. The fanatic was nowhere to be found. Poor bastard's probably trapped with a bottle of ether under a bridge somewhere. I couldn't do that on this trip. I had to worry about making history. 
I had to be on my best behavior. So I grabbed my glass of vodka from the bartender before descending into the chaos that is Caesar's Palace. Long-legged Amazonian women passed by me every second, refilling my vodka as these bizarre creatures started to crawl out of the slot machines, biting the necks of its players who couldn't stop their hands from pulling that lever and forcing out more blood. That's the kind of city Vegas is, willing to bleed you dry at a moment's notice. Being early in the trip, I decided to take a trip up to the room and remove myself from the suit. I noticed the fanatic suitcase. At least he managed to get to the room before falling off the deep end. I removed that horrible orange fur-covered head off of my skull and stared into the mirror, and I could barely recognize my face. The hairs on my chin have begun to glow a bright orange. My eyes are wa widened, which, to be fair, may be a result of the mescaline. I can't leave him behind. That was the beauty in the early days of taking off the suit. The people down the street wouldn't recognize me. I learned the answer to the question, what if God was one of us? He would simply walk right by you and you'd never know he was there. But now, I can't leave him behind. His, pla his face is plastered onto mine and I can't leave it behind, no matter how hard I try. I emerge down into the conference hall and connect with a few other mascots. This is the fun part of the evening. The black lad chatting up with a woman at the edge of the bar. That's the Oregon Duck. The fellow clearly cheating on his wife with a waitress in the corner, Mr. Met. And the one who found himself currently screaming in my direction was Jackson DeVille of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Poor bastard was the kind of guy that'd scream your name and welcome you in an embrace in the morning, then call you that night high on opium and say your mother deserves a rotten hell. It was a nice reunion, although I was sure he'd be calling me for a hit of ether that evening. A young hoodlum in a Jersey Devil's jersey came rushing over to me, placing a camera in my face and beginning to flash. As my pupils refused to dilate, I felt my vision dissipating, and when it came back, the boy was running away, his camera having snapped an elusive photo of Gritty without his mask. You see, much like the luchadors in Mexico, mascots equally hold much pride in their masks. Our convention is one of the few times a year we allow ourselves to relax and show our faces, and this little bastard was seeking to ruin that with a quick selfie on his Instagram. And I couldn't have that. I bid farewell to Jackson DeVille before starting off in a full sprint towards the boy. My eyes widened. My gait quickened. I could almost feel that wicked smile of that mascot come across my skull. And as that young man looked back, what I saw in his face shocked me. It wasn't the clever look of some hoodlum trying to make a buck on the internet. It was the look of a terrified boy looking up at his father wielding his belt. His face was covered in tears as my body pinned him to the ground. I wish I could have told him that I was sorry, but the fact is, mascots have rules. Rules that I enforced as I threw his camera down onto the concrete and began to raise a foot over his head. Whoa, man, calm down, a voice called from behind me. It was the fanatic. He rushed over to me and quickly took me to the earth as the boy scrambled to his feet and ran off, his feet screeching as the rubber of his shoes made contact with the freshly waxed floor. Get off me, you damned animal! I screamed up at the fanatic, who was still fully in costume. It was at this point that I noted, the, noted that the entire damned hall of mascots were staring down at me, fire glowing in their eyes. The fanatic pulled me out before I could sort out this chaos that ensued. He apparently believed me unable to speak for myself at the time. He wheeled me out to the casino and placed me in front of those old damned slot machines, and the bastard laughed as he ran into the convention hall, attempting to salvage what was left of our weekend. I looked up to the machine in front of me before pulling out a $20 bill still slightly slick from the residue of cocaine. I placed it into the machine and began to spin. The cherries, bars, and all sorts of iconography began to fall in front of my face, and 
Well, by God, I began to win. That 20 turned into a 40, which turned into a 60, and I smiled when I saw that leech slowly crawling from the machine itself. It stabbed its fangs into my neck and began to suck me dry. The 60 slowly fell to 50, 40, 30, 20, but I continued to pull the lever, continued to test my luck. I felt the blood drain from my neck into that very spirit of Vegas itself, this neon wraith which found itself buried deep into my neck. My eyes widened further as I stared deeper and deeper into those spinning symbols, seeking some divine wisdom from them to save me from this goddamn atrocity sucking at my neck, but they provided no peace. My vision began to darken once again, my life force being fully given to that horrid creature drooling above me. But my last moment there, I did get to have a brief laugh as I realized the slot machine was sponsored by, of course, the penguins. <laughs> I awoke that evening with a start in the bed of our hotel room. The door screeched shut, and then the familiar toots of the fanatic sound out as he entered. Eyes glazed over, and he tossed something in my direction. The heavy bastard landed directly on my leg, nearly shattering the thing in two. Congratulations, the fanatic commented on his way to the toilet to invariably begin his nightly ceremony of vomiting. You made history, he barely blurts out before descending into a grotesque performance of regurgitory action that he punctuates with a toot from his horns. <clears throat> I slowly sat up, scratching my head before reaching down to pick up the heavy item currently boring its way into my foot. I slowly picked it up as my eyes adjusted to the light when I saw what was in my hands. An award... I'd been knocked out by that slot machine bastard for so long that I missed the award ceremony. I stared at the plaque in front of me, which read, Best Performance of a Mascot, 2020. I had done it. I'd made history forever in the halls of mascot performance. The name Gritty will be read in the year 2020. My name would never be forgotten. My name, which is... Thumb... Top... My name, which is... My name... My name is Gritty? I stare up at that damned orange mascot head staring at me from across the room. I stand up to see myself in the mirror, but I can't. All I see is that damned orange bastard staring back at me. His big eyes, his horrid smile, the stench of old whiskey and ice coming off of him. I hadn't made history. He had. Forever in the annals of history, my face will not be remembered. My name will not be remembered. I did not win the best performance of a mascot. Gritty did. He took away my moment. He took away my history. I was going to live forever because of him, and then ironically, he was the one who took my spotlight away. I stare at that orange fuzzball of a costume and consider my options— I could resign and move on to movies and media, but really, isn't that just the same thing? Actors won't be remembered, directors won't be remembered, the characters will, the art will, but no matter how hard I try to be remembered to be a part of history, I won't. Just that damned suit, that horrid face, I'm responsible for making it infamous, and I can never forgive myself. I contemplate setting the goddamn thing ablaze and tossing it out the window where some poor fucker will find themselves caught in its grasp. And in fact, I decide to do that exact thing. 
I stare down at the glove as the fanatic finally ceases their convulsing and passes out in the other room. I grab an opium lighter and place it towards the fur, which immediately convulses and pulls back. I grab my trophy with that flaming hand and toss it out the window when suddenly I realize the glove was on my hand. The glove was my hand. I stare down at that spot on the couch where the helmet was and it was gone. It was on my head. My body, my orange fur doused in vodka, quickly went up in flames. My head, or Gritty's, Gritty's head, I mean, was burning down all around me. I quickly rushed towards the door to find a fire extinguisher, but when I walked through, I found myself on the rink again. Behind me was that Zamboni featuring the hitchhiker still staring towards my flaming body. In front of me were those damned penguins inching closer and closer, and below me the heat of my body was melting the very ice itself. I found myself stuck between these three forces with nowhere to run, and just as the penguins and Zambonis collided, I fell through the ice, my body now fully encased below it. I tried to swim to the surface, but the Zamboni quickly blocked my only exit. I was surrounded on all sides by water and had nowhere to go and nowhere to run. And my only option was to fall deeper and deeper in. That's what I did. We can't stop here. This is hockey country. <laughs> this is this is penguin country. Oh my god, that I loved that so much. <laughs> like I legitimately loved the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> it got less like you can tell where I stopped just taking from like fear and loathing and had to actually just write my own shit because i got much more serious oh during yeah it. you can tell you can there's a pretty clear demarcation of where it stops being fear and loathing and starts being scotty but it's it's just it's fun it's so good yeah i just I, I was sitting there this morning because ever since you said gritty i was like i want to do fear and loathing in las vegas but with gritty and it wasn't until this morning that i sat up and went what the fuck does that mean <laughs> what does that even mean because i haven't read or seen it in a while so like i couldn't refer to specific scenes so i was just like i just want to take the general vibe of being real fucked up in vegas <laughs> Oh my god, that was so good. Yeah, I uh, I went in a very different direction. <laughs> okay, good, because me and you did have that panic that we always have, which is we both did real good. Now we have to make sure we didn't do the exact same fucking thing. No, uh, yeah, this is <laughs> real different. So I also went for a very specific uh, like voice vibe, but not of like a, a specific writer, but like a... Um, something that you would find on like a kind of like an are no sleep kind of thing oh yeah yeah or or like an are you afraid of the dark kind of shit oh fuck yes okay it's never easy to be the new kid you know especially when you move around a lot and you have to do it again and again and again people always want to give the new kid a hard time and well look I've done a lot of stuff I'm not necessarily proud of in the name of survival. 
there have been times I've ignored other kids getting bullied in the name of you know blending in and keeping myself from getting bullied. There have been times when I've been the bully. Hey, can't hit me if I hit you first, right? I know. I know. It's, it's not great. But it's just school stuff. There was really only one time where I felt like I did the wrong thing. That even now, after school's long since over and done with, that still bothers me. It was when Dad moved us to Philly for work. I was miserable over it. I missed my friends. I missed playing soccer. Here I was, starting from square one again. You'll make new friends, Dad assured me. I lived in Philadelphia when I was a kid. It's a great hockey town. You can root for the Flyers. Here, look what I got you. It was, in fact, a brand new Flyers hockey jersey. I tried to smile, ended up mostly grimacing, but put it on and went to school. School is pretty much school wherever you go. It's not like the movies or TV with hyper-intense clicks or whatever. It's just kids. And a lot of them are assholes. And one of them had planted themselves on my desk before the bell. He was kind of a big guy with a dirty blonde mullet and a backward Phillies hat. Hey, new kid. That was Gordo's desk, my dude. You sure you want to start your career here sitting at a dead kid's desk? What? Oh, thank God. I thought you were writing Twilight, but with gritty. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be shit. Now I wish I was doing that. I know what you <laughs> are, big orange furry. Say it. Gritty. <laughs> what? Shut up, Jay, said another smaller kid, also wearing a Flyers jersey. They pushed Jay off my apparently haunted desk, rolling their eyes. Don't listen to him, man. He's he's just like that. I'm Benny. So you're a Flyers fan? I'm Ozzy, I replied, and desperate to make friends with the first person who wasn't actively being a tool to me, shrugged and said, uh, yeah, totally. Awesome. We, we should go to a game. I used to go to games all the time with, uh, well, we should go to a game. The bell rang and everyone took their seats and Jay turned back to me from and from behind his hand, whisper hissed, They used to go to games with Gordo before he was murdered. Dude, what the fuck? Oswald Kaczynski, a trip to the principal's office would not be an auspicious beginning for you. I ignored the teacher's warning and asked, Was the kid who used to sit here murdered? The teacher pinched the bridge of her nose in irritation. Jason Bridgers, I swear to God. He was, though. Miss, am I sitting in a murdered kid's desk? Can I please swap? Principal's office. Both of you. Outside the principal's office, Jay didn't seem upset. In fact, he was pretty friendly. Miss Glades is a pain in the ass. He shrugged with a grin. So, what happened to Gordo? Okay, he started, dropping his voice down to conspiratorial levels, even though we were in an empty hallway. The official story is that, A, he ran off at a game and, like, just full legit ran away from home. But that's not Gordo's personality. He was a total mama's boy. B, he got snatched by some pervert or something, which I guess kind of, because actually, C... 
you know the Flyers mascot, right? I frown trying to think. Uh, this a big hockey puck, right? Nah, man, that was the old mascot, like a zillion years ago. I mean, didn't have one for, like, ever. And then came Gritty. What the hell kind of name is Gritty? I, I don't know. He's this big old orange motherfucker with, like, serial killer eyes. And the whole story <laughs> isn't that they just, you know made a new mascot, but that they found him under the stadium. <laughs> I snorted. Okay, what does this have to do with Gordo? Jay leaned in closer, his face becoming more serious. Gritty is weird, okay? He's creepy. He gets in trouble for, like, hitting people and, and players and other mascots and stuff. And, like, on the one hand, I think that was awesome, but no one's ever really expecting it. And then one time, he just straight up decked a kid in the back. Jesus. Yeah, and, and then... Then a kid went missing at a game. Just, just one. It, it was a huge deal. No one ever thought about a mascot or something. That'd be nuts. Eventually, people chopped it up to, like, a kidnapper pervert or something. Then me, Benny, and Gordo went to a game, and Gritty was walking around, and, well, they did that seat raffle thing, and then Gordo won. And Gritty came by, and he was supposed to escort Gordo to the front box office for his prize. And so the two of them walk off together, and Gordo says he'll meet up with us after, and that was the last we ever saw of him. No way. You're bullshitting me. Swear to God, Ben Amy told everyone who would listen. We told them to go question whoever works as the mascot, you know, the guy in the suit. But no one did. It was the weirdest shit. No one would listen to us. Actually, me and Benny were going to sneak into the arena while it's closed and look for clues. Clues like what? I don't know, man. Clues. Jesus. That was a lot to think about. Some Five Nights at Freddy's type stuff. Gross pervert dressing as a mascot, snatching kids. But why wouldn't the people in charge do anything about it? And what a weirdo origin story. Afterwards, I saw Betty walking down the street, and I fell into step with them. So, they started. I, I guess Jay told you about Gordo? Yeah. Sorry about your friend, dude. Thanks. That stuff about Gritty's fucking weird, though. Yeah, they admitted. That's mostly Jay. I don't even want to break into the arena with them tonight. Like, I don't know what he thinks he'll find. What if we get caught? Then don't. He probably won't even make it past security. Why, why not hang out at my place instead? Play video games or something. Benny paused for a long moment, and I felt myself start to blush in embarrassment. Maybe this was stupid. Maybe trying to make friends was a wasted effort after all. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do it. Jay, Jay will be fine on his own. And we did. And it was great. Benny was great. I don't think I'd ever made a friend in a new place so fast. Jay didn't show up for school the next day. Or the day after that. Benny walked up to me in the hall, their face grim and determined. I'm sneaking into the Wells Fargo Center tonight. I know something happened in there. 
how can you be sure? This could be totally unrelated. I let my friend down, Ozzy. I owe him. All right. Well, I'm coming with you. Betty smiled brightly, and that was almost enough to make me not immediately regret this decision. That night, I snuck out of my house, which I had never done before, and I met up with Benny in the darkened streets, illuminated by splashes of streetlights. We made our way to the arena. How are we even going to get in? Benny led me around to a back way on the darkened side of the building to a small stained door. This is the entrance to the service tunnels. The door's busted and no one's bothered to fix it yet. Jay had found it and that was why he wanted to try to break in. We crept inside, light from our phones illuminating the heavy darkness, footsteps echoing off in every direction. I craned my neck, looking around, trying to catch sight of, well, anything, when I tripped over something and landed hard on my knees. Ah, shit, what was that? Benny trained a shaking light on the object. Oh, no. It was a single sneaker, smeared with old blood. That's Jay's. Trapped within the sticky blood was a hunk of fake orange fur that could only have come from the gritty costume. What the fuck? Then, a pair of massive orange paws shot out of the darkness, slamming down on Benny's shoulders and yanking them out of sight before they even had a chance to scream, their phone clattering to the floor of the tunnel. Benny? Benny! I whirled around, terrified and alone. What was even happening? How did I get here? Had I really needed to make friends this badly? Come out, you fucking furry psycho, I yelled, not even knowing why I was doing it. But there was nothing. All turned around. I couldn't see the way. I couldn't. I couldn't see back the way we'd come. But I could make out lights up ahead that presumably led back out into the actual arena. I started running towards them, and that's when I felt him just there, suddenly, looming. The man in the gritty suit. He grabbed at me, but he didn't try to stop me as my hands frantically tore through the plastic textured orange fur, fingers digging into his neck in search of a seam. If this was really it, if I was really going to die down here in the darkness underneath the Wells Fargo Center, then I wanted to see the face of the man who was going to do it. The psycho who'd taken Jay and left nothing but a bloody sneaker. The guy who had Benny here, somewhere, calling for help that would never come. And now me. I stared up at the swollen, painted eyes as my brain slowly caught up to what my hands had already figured out. There was no seam. There was no top of the costume to pull off. I tried anyway, tugging at the thing's head. Again, it made no move to stop me. I think he thought it was funny. It was less like trying to remove a costume and more like trying to pull on the excess folds of skin of an animal. And then, suddenly, in what felt like a single fluid motion, he pinned my arms down at my sides and pulled me tight against his chest, my face mashed against his dirty flyer's jersey. I could feel the long, orange strands of fake fur brushing against the top of my head. With one oversized, fluffy hand, Gritty pushed my face even closer against his oversized gut and held it there. I gasped sharply and felt icy fear spread through every part of me. All right. I called him Gritty just then. Not the man in the gritty suit. Because what I heard, what he wanted me to hear, 
wasn't the sound of a man moving around in an oversized mascot costume. It wasn't the overheated breathing of some Five Nights at Freddy's freak, the rustling of hidden limbs and underclothes. It was the sound of a heartbeat, pulsing, pumping, all the tiny gurgles, churns, and bubbles your guts make. That's what I heard. That's what I could feel just on the other side of the jersey and the layer of felt and fur and God only knows what else between. It was gritty. We stood there for a long moment in some kind of bizarre embrace while my mind raced and I had to will myself from being sick. I forced myself to snap out of the moment and slam my foot down on Gritty's massive shoe, nauseous at how soft and giving it was underneath my sneaker. Surprised, he let go and I bolted out from the alcove into the tunnel, towards the stairs, towards light, towards the stadium proper, maybe even towards freedom if I could just keep moving. Don't look back, just keep moving. Help me, somebody! It was Benny. They were alive and they were close. I couldn't be sure where exactly their voice was coming from, the way sound echoed in the tunnel. It made pinpointing it confusing. I glanced back at the stairs, so temptingly close. Behind me, much more clearly, I heard Gritty's footsteps, rapidly approaching. Could see that frozen smile in my mind's eye, the wet sounds of his insides playing in my head on repeat. Benny's screams cut through it like a knife. Someone help me, please! Ozzy! Anybody! I stood rooted for another second, maybe two. I headed for the stairs, running faster than I have in my entire life, taking them two at a time, bursting through the double doors and into the empty arena. I knew I wasn't safe yet. Without looking back, I sprinted through the stadium, careening past cardboard cutouts, shoes squeaking across the tiled floor, too scared to properly listen for what might be following behind me until I finally exploded out the front door, tumbling head over heels down the front steps to the Wells Fargo Center before landing in a heap, hysterically cry-laughing as I took the freshest breath of nasty Philadelphia air I ever have in my life. When I snuck back home, no one had ever even realized I was gone. I threw my Flyers jersey in the trash the next day, but at night I can still feel Gritty pressed against me. And still hear Benny screaming. Yeah, I know. You think you would have done it different. You would have been a hero and gone back for them. But we've all done things we aren't proud of in the name of survival. That was my Gritty fanfic. <laughs> oh my god. Also... <laughs> I realized that like six months ago, I made the poster for your fan fiction. What? Look at this. I got real bored one night on a on a stream and I just made a poster for a film called Gritty's Revenge. And now I have it. Now I know what it is. I'm gonna put I'll put this on the Twitter so everybody else can can enjoy Gritty's Revenge. Yeah, dude, that ruled. Like, I was trying to think of twists and turns at the end, but, like, you did the no-sleep tactic of playing it, like, super straight and not going too over off the wall. Because there was a part of me that was, like, Gritty's making baby Gritty's by absorbing people. And that's what was happening when they were getting pressed up. But, yeah, dude, that ruled. Thank you. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to go super complicated. It's just, it's just that it's, you know, gr- Gritty's a Gritty. And also, this this person's a dick who left their friend to die. 
it. <laughs> yeah, gritty is gritty. That's what we've learned today, folks. It's like Kirby, but so much fucking worse. So much worse. <laughs> Just so much worse. So d- what are we doing next week? Because I think we're going to have a guest, right? Are we? Sure. Next week. <laughs> We have a week to get a guest, and that guest will help us figure out what we're going to talk about. That's right, folks. It's a mystery next week who it's going to be. So until then, Maggie, where can people find you on the internet? On the internet? Uh, No, I'm actually uh, not on the internet anymore. I'm beneath the the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. That's my new home now. Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to say in the woods because you became a forest nymph for a week. Uh, no, I was I was trapped in the time tree for a while. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, no, no, I'm luring children now in Philadelphia. Uh, but when I'm not doing that, you can find me on Twitter at Meg underscore danger where I tweet stuff, I guess. Uh or at Oh No Lit Class, the podcast that I swear is still just on hiatus. I'm working on it. I promise. <laughs> it's, it is ending, but there are more episodes left. Hang in yeah. there. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Check out all my other podcasts from a load of BS to Fight Boys if you like pro wrestling. But most importantly... Join the weird, the actual play TTRPG podcast. I mean, that's not that's not the name of the show, though. No, but no, they'll be joining the weird. The podcast is called the weird. Look up join the weird. You may find it better, though. <laughs> Our SEO is so bad. I'm on this show. It's too. real bad. <laughs> yeah, it's me and Megan as some tight, cool 90s cops with big sunglasses. We're, we're not cool at all. That are on the beat. We run on the beach, slow motion, and shoot Bigfoot in his asshole. That's 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 what this show that's is. What the podcast is. If you want to listen to me and Scotty do a TTRPG review, shoot Bigfoot in his asshole. Go listen to the weird. You can find it at Join the Weird on Twitter or at jointheweird.com. <laughs> People are going to be disappointed now, like a serious episode. Charles is going to kill us. <laughs> it's going to be like a serious episode coming out, and they're like, where's the asshole shootings? <laughs> well, we're recording, and we're recording a new one soon. We just got to shoehorn some asshole shooting in there. It's a scene that has nothing to do with it, and we're like, Charles, uh, what do I need to roll to shoot Bigfoot in the asshole? <laughs> You mean Bigfoot who's not in this scene right now with a gun you don't have? Yeah. Twelve. <laughs> no, no. We just, we, we start, we, we, when we start recording, we just be like, oh man, that was a great mission we just, we just did. You shot Bigfoot's asshole so good. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about best night, please, before this keeps going. Oh, right. I forgot how to podcast. I've been living in the woods like an animal. (laughs) Thank you to Best Day for the music that you do in this podcast that that says, hey, it's fun fiction time. And then, oh, fun fiction time's over now. If you like it, you can hear more of it. SoundCloud.com 
uh, slash best hyphen day or by going on Spotify or Apple Music and searching best day. And pick up. It's not the hot new shit, <laughs> but it is the shit. The Hawk Babadook shirt that will make you have to explain yourself to a lot of people at Pride at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. I do want to make something new. I just, I, the spirit has not moved me to create something as horrid as the, well, I did make the, uh, the weird all that logo, no, which was don't, pretty don't, fucking cursed. Don't, don't, don't talk about it because we will <laughs> not be selling that. But yeah, it's like, where do you go after you've made hawk baba like you're, you're <laughs> in a bit more of a, a, a you're in a bit of a sophomore slump now we we have to verbalize something real fucking bad into existence <laughs> it's it's uh the gritty revenge shirt just put that fucking uh, poster on a shirt i don't know honestly i think i might be more scared of gritty than i am michael mouse <laughs> oh shit did he tweet us back Gritty, gritty, did you get it, you boys? <laughs> and zero <laughs> notifications. I don't want Gritty to know. Yeah. Hey, Gritty, we did a show <laughs> about you. One where you did a bunch of drugs and set yourself on fire. And another one where you're a cursed eldritch entity that murders children. Love you, bud. We love you, Gritty. Go fly. <laughs> <laughs>